Oh, somebody just sent me something about Nate Diaz saying his shoes suck. Oh, the Rock's talking. Oh, Nate Diaz is talking trash on the Rock's shoes. Yeah. Future President Dwayne. Oh, Charles McDonald. That's that's Charles appropriate. McDonald. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I would like a little bit more enthusiasm. It feels. Did you miss me? Or you Charles McDonald. There we go. There As we I go. live and breathe. Wow. <laughs> He's back. Look, I'm He's, back. It's Charles McDonald Day. He's back. <laughs> Is I'm back. I, I got a new job. I'm happy to see you. I know. You. Charles on. has like five different jobs um, he's gotten since he last appeared on the show. A show that is presented, Dominique Foxworth, as everybody knows, by Corona. Thank you, Corona. Love them. Alabaster, Charles McDonald is impatiently waiting your first question. So, what do you got? We're going to begin today with the fine life presented by Corona. And the only winner of that award should be Tua Tungavailoa. Tua Tungavailoa outdueled Lamar Jackson today in a thriller. And my only question for you is, choo-choo, are you all aboard the Tua train? Do trains have the pull horns or that's just like big rigs? I don't know, but I was on the train last you week. Were. And I don't I'm know. I'm so mad about it's this. Not a, it's not an offer. Uh, there's no seats. We're sold out and all of the conductors are going on strike just like the real Amtrak. <laughs> so it's a dumb question because we're not welcoming anybody on here. So that's that. The train is full. Yeah, so Charles, you got to understand that when we taped on Friday, um, we were all asked, are we on the train? Dominique was the only one who truly, fully got on the train. And now I wish that I had never even equivocated because <laughs> what I saw today was so goddamn fun. And I'm so mad. I want to be into Anon. I've chronicled it. And now I feel like too I made late. a terrible decision and it's too late. Too late. What what does being on the train mean? Like what is like? Oh whoa 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 whoa! You're <laughs> off. You're off. You are off. Well, I haven't You're even off. decided yet. I no, decided yet. there's nothing to decide. You ask that question tells me yep. that you are not gonna be on the train. It's a nice train too. <laughs> we got two first class cars. It's outstanding. Mm. And all a the seats face forward. You got a table come down. <laughs> wi Fi is bananas. And the cafe car, you don't even want to know. All That's hard right. liquor in a cafe car. We Joe Biden's no wandering up and down the eastern seaboard with you. It's exactly oh, as you, you know how dream. good this train is. We don't even stop in Delaware because, man, <laughs> I ride to the cellar every week. And every time I stop in Delaware, I'm like, why? What are we yeah, doing? jokes. These Acela jokes are about to get so specific, Charles. Uh, yeah, I, I ride every week. I know everything about it. I got friends. The red on train, the train. Line. Oh yeah, I know. I know all the employees on the train. Those are my people. But again, <laughs> why do we stop in Delaware? Like, what are we doing? You can shave thirty minutes off this. We can blow no, through Delaware. Don't nobody get off or get on. Tua, yeah, back to Tua. I yeah. guarantee you, Tua did ain't it, never did, stopped in Delaware. Did it? Didn't really stop in Baltimore either, Dominique. Six touchdowns, 469 yards. And Nothing look, Charles, in Delaware but fake businesses. It's just a bunch <laughs> wow. of P.O. boxes. That's it. Just a bunch of P.O. boxes so people can get tax benefits. Delaware. <laughs> Hell out of here. It's a nice beach. I'm from Hogarth Beach. Kind of cool. Uh, yeah, Illinois doesn't like me, so let's add Delaware on there too. But The idea that we had never seen this, right? And by this, I mean down by this much this late coming back literally had not seen a comeback of this magnitude had never seen receivers be this 
prolific simultaneously in the same game until Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Mike McGoddamn Daniel. Wilmington? Name one thing in Wilmington, Pablo. Uh, Exactly. Is that that where the blue? blue Exactly. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. Alabaster. While I'm roasting Alabaster. I'm busy. I would just like to, to let you guys know that this bit is not as good as you think it is, and we should talk about Tua because it's actually fascinating that we thought this guy couldn't drive the ball down the field, and he let it come back from down double-digit points by driving the ball down the football field. Man. I'm, I'm going to be a hater for a second. I'm going to be a hater for a second. You know how to get me to double down okay. on a bit. Okay. I- Say it don't work. <laughs> This is terrible coaching. Sorry, Great sorry, coaching man, in Miami. It's so funny. You're so smart and funny. I okay. want to hear from Charles because Dominique has not allowed anybody else to board the Tua train or the Tua conversation. And so, Charles, <laughs> what what are you trying to hate on here? Okay, I'm just I just want to push back on the notion that Tua like outdueled Lamar. Cause I thought Lamar played better today. Yeah, honestly. see, see, this is, you haven't done enough shows. We don't respect Alabaster's <laughs> questions. That was a stupid way to phrase it. We know that he did not outduel Lamar. <laughs> Lamar just, Tua got the ball last. Lamar didn't have enough time. It was like 13 seconds with the ball and that's Patrick Mahomes territory. So yeah. uh, outdueling is foolish. I'm sorry, you were probably gonna make a really other, another smart point, but don't get caught up. Come and see okay. what you want to say. Okay, I, sure. I also, I. I feel like the Ravens defense just crapping out at the end of the game is kind of a, a, an important storyline because there was two two plays, two of the biggest plays of games where they had Tyreek Hill wide open running past everybody. The first one was just, I think he kind of ran past Marcus Peters. But the second one, there was some miscommunication with like Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton because they're both yeah. guarding the tight end on the line of scrimmage and no one's playing deep. And obviously, if you let Tyreek run 30 yards past you, you're never going to catch him regardless. So I know I, I, it's to me, it's like he did a great job taking advantage of what the Ravens defense gave him. And I think you have to give him credit for that. And he obviously played well. You can't say he played bad tonight. But I don't know. I thought a lot of it was the Ravens just kind of playing really, really poorly at the end of the game, more so than Tua making these incredible plays. But he did have some nice plays in the red zone when he spun away from that one play and then the one guy then threw it into the end zone. This is this is the definition of confirmation bias. The man balled out. If somebody else threw for four hundred yards and six touchdowns, how dare you? <laughs> I mean, this is just absurd. Like it's just ridiculous. He threw for four sixty nine, right? Nice. And yeah. Six touchdowns, and you're like, no. Nah. And so that touchdown, the one that was a breakdown, it was like a, a deuce coverage, which is like a blitz cover two. And those guys are supposed to show up. And uh, I mean, honestly, you probably want to blame the guy who's a rookie and also did not have two interceptions and also dropped it. Williams could have had a third interception that he dropped that would have ended the game. So I'm going to go ahead and blame the rookie for now. But either way, Tua still balled out. And it came as much as the, the Ravens offense was outstanding. The reason why I have a bit of criticism for Lamar and the Ravens offense is because mm. the best thing about that offense is they're like a cheat code on fourth down. And they had two fourth downs where they failed. And both of those, one turned into a 97-yard touchdown drive. And then there was one that they went for towards the end of the game to put the game away. That gave them a short field and set up for um, the Dolphins to get back in the game. So those were two big mistakes right right there. Also, likely, the rookie tight end, when Lamar rolled out of pocket and found him wide open on like third and 14, hit him right in the hands, the worst possible place. He dropped that ball another time when they could have put the game away. So I'm, I'm with you. The Ravens definitely 
pissed down their leg a little bit in the second half, but I refuse to let you sit up here and talk <laughs> about a man through six damn touchdowns and almost 500 <laughs> yards, and you talk about it's, it's everybody else's fault. Outrageous. Yeah. yeah. Dover? Well, uh, Dover? Six, what is there to do in Dover? Six touchdowns, almost 500 yards. Man. You could say that he out he outdueled the opposing quarterback, who also had a great game, Mm-mm. who uh, no. you know also had an interception well, dropped. So that's so the thing. The, the thing about this game, I I love that we are trying to make this like a zero sum game when we really don't have to. We like the idea, by we you mean not me, not me. The the, um, the Delaware royal the royal the royal Delaware apologist. <laughs> Mr. Dover sold himself. This is another another like tiny nugget that jumped out to me is Gasecki was involved in the game plan. All heard all offseason is how he can't block so he doesn't belong in this offense. And then week one, they didn't use him at all. And this week, he seemed like he was a main cog. And the point is like, don't nobody got enough guys for a team that got that many guys. So when you got (laughs) Waddle and Tyreek on the edge, you don't need them, you don't need a tight end to block. He just go get in the middle field and freak whoever's left to guard him because ain't nobody left. And so I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but just like the you need more people aspect of playing the Dolphins. Like, uh, Charles, even like if you're a skeptic, right? Even if you're a yak skeptic where you're like, look, so much of this work is being done by guys who are not Tua, right? Even if you believe that, it does feel like the optimistic case for Tuanon right now is simply that he is the he is the conductor that this system actually has been looking for. Like he can do it if he can do it, and he has these guys who are the fastest guys in the league. Right, and they is it, that that way. I'm just like, what are the Dolphins about to be when Mike McDaniel wheelbarrows his nuts into the building, right, and draws up some shit? Like, yeah, I don't know how you stop that. I really don't. Oh, I don't either. I mean, how many how many how many uh, defensive how many teams period have guys that can cover two four two guys? And then you know, I think the Jacecki point's a good one because the whole the whole summer people are saying, oh, you know, he's not a good enough blocker. He's six seven with like slot receiver skills. What do you mean you can't find a space for him? Uh, so you you have you know those guys on the outside, Jacecki on the inside. It's it's a lot of talent, uh, and I I think like the the, the to to his credit is he's executing today like as high as he possibly can, uh, and he's giving those guys a lot of opportunities to make plays. I mean the the, the long waddle touchdown today it, it's just it's a rarity to have two guys that can do that on one team. And to me, I thought the interesting part of the whole experiment was like, well, what do you do with two guys with Waddle and Tyreek that kind of have similar skill sets? Well, I guess just let them do the same thing. Just run past everybody. Give to a just enough time to loft over, and then that's how you score like four touchdowns in a row uh, today yeah. against the Ravens. That that, that the, it's it's fun. It's a really fun offense to watch, like when they're firing at their peak. One they of the, were um, down twenty one in the yeah. fourth quarter, man. Like yeah. we've never seen a team win down by that much in the yeah, fourth quarter. Waddle's Waddle's uh, red zone touchdown was a direct result of Tyreek going off because they doubled Tyreek in the red zone, which is like since when do you double five eight guys in the red zone? Well, when they nasty as Tyreek and Waddle's over there by himself and Tua threw his accuracy matters. He threw a perfect high ball because there was a linebacker mm-hmm. there and Waddle went up there to get it and. The yak stuff is it's about accuracy too. Like you have much mm. better yak if you can put it, the ball on them. So I am not I think our, our expectations for quarterbacks has just gotten too high 
Yeah. Gotta watch Patrick Mahomes and all these other guys and think everybody gotta be them or they're not good. No, Tua is good. He's good enough, especially in this offense. He's better than good enough. And he ain't never gonna be Patrick Mahomes, which is fine because if he was Patrick Mahomes, this game wouldn't have been that damn close in the first place. Okay, I think we agree on Tua then, because I yeah. think he's good enough. He's good enough. Is that on the show? That's not enough. that's good enough is not good enough to get on the screen, mm-hmm. Charles. Okay. I'm no, I'm no, sorry no. to inform you. You no, you know no. those little old cartoons where they have the two guys and they're like pumping a seesaw on the train <laughs> yes. track? That's what y'all is on. I'm on the train <laughs> conducting that thing with a cute hat on and y'all back there trying to keep up. I'm on the Lamar Lambo <laughs> driving right past. <laughs> Dominique's uh, j- what is Jingleheimer junctioning this show? Whatever I got to ask is, uh, anyway. Dominique, yeah. what does good enough mean in this context? Good enough to make the playoffs? Good enough to make a deep? What does, what, what, what's the specifics of good enough with Tua on a team this talented? I don't know what, like, I, I think that Tua is good enough to win a Super Bowl on the right team. Let's like, go. I think that's. There it is. Let's go. Is Jimmy, that, what you, were, Jimmy, that what you were fishing for? They play, yes. if, if their that's defense exactly can play better than they played today, which like, that's a lot to ask against Lamar Jackson. And uh, if these guys can continue to get open and stay healthy, the fact of the matter is they could probably survive without one of them. And that's a luxury that most teams don't have. Edmonds Dominique, there. Dominique can team, just man. shove. What Dominique has the ability to do now, Charles, <clears throat> is that he can just like appeal to like the hive. Like this is like being the spokesperson for BTS. Like, you can say all sorts of hyperbolic stuff now, and all you're going to get is love and adoration. How was it hyperbolic? Surrounding. Disagree. Disagree. I said he's good enough to win a Super Bowl with the right well, team. That's I not hyperbolic. That. That's like, that's a, a fake take. Like, Pablo. everybody's good enough to win a Super I was Bowl say, with the right team. Pablo. It's, maybe it's not hyperbolic, but it definitely is a loophole that you found that sounds like praise, but isn't actually praise. We just, we just saw Jimmy Garoppolo in a Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game a few months ago. Yeah, two, exactly. two can get there. Exactly. I never see Jimmy wow. Garoppolo throw six touchdowns. Yeah, Jimmy can't do that. That's the point. No. Is like Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to win a Super Bowl. So right. of course Tua is in the in the right situation. I think that Tua is better. I'd rather have Tua than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy almost beat Mahomes. Almost. Almost. That damn eyes closed <laughs> interception really hurt him though. Uh, <laughs> that's a wonderful transition because we're gonna talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo of it all right now. And my question for you all, I think we all thought the 49ers were good coming into the season. How do you view the 49ers for the rest of the season with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback? So, like, this is a traumatic day for Niners fans. But at the same time, I have to imagine that there is a silver lining. And the silver lining is like, oh, we get to do the thing that got us to, like, Super Bowl contention before. And the experiment, that's not right now. Right now is us trying to do the thing where we can, you know, game manage our way to the Super Bowl because Trey Lance breaking his ankle. And by the way, that was a traumatic game. That was gross. I did I did not know it. I was made fun yeah, of on our group chat for not knowing that this was obviously a season-ending injury. But obviously, it's a season-ending injury. Surgery is happening, et cetera, et cetera. Apologies on that front. But yeah, <laughs> that's how we get here. Okay, is it weird that I kind of have like raise expectations in the way for the 49ers now because no. with, because with, with trey i was like okay he hasn't played football like extended football in a really long time like this season can kind of go anyway and if, maybe if you don't make the playoffs but he hasn't, has a good season that's okay but now with jimmy like i've seen you just you know 
like I said, in January, he's in the NFC Championship game. They almost made it back to the Super Bowl again uh, late when they had that comeback in that game. I, I expect them to get back to the playoffs now. There's no rookie learning curve that you've got to Trey Lance. You have the vet who's been there, played with all these guys, been assistant for like five years now. You got to get back to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, with Trey Lance, you got potential for a higher ceiling and potential for a lower floor. The volatility is taken out of this. Your floor is going to be a little bit higher with Jimmy Garoppolo, but your ceiling is going to be a bit lower with him also. So I think that they are still a team that could mess around and find themselves in the NFC Championship. And at that point, anything could happen. You might might find yourself in the Super Bowl, just like the Bengals, and a couple plays away from winning it. And I don't know if they still are, or if they are as good as we thought they were last year. So that's the NFL. And I think they obviously took a risk because and traded a bunch of, the Niners that is, traded a bunch of picks and took a risk because they didn't think that Jimmy Garoppolo was the guy. And now they better figure out how to make him the guy because this roster is already starting to weaken. The offensive line mm-hmm. is not what it once was. This window is starting to close on them quickly. And uh, this might be their last chance because I don't know how Jimmy's going to, or how, um, when Trey's going to get back or how he's going to get back. And he still has to play some real football against real competition to get better. So he's going to go through his entire rookie right. deal without actually giving them the benefit of having a, a like a, top level quarterback on a rookie deal we've gone through so many housing metaphors we have floors we have ceilings we have windows i feel like and now maybe yeah the niners are closer to the doorstep of contention or whatever it is they're in the narthex of the nfc championship game the mudroom whatever rich people like dominique have before the mudroom the what the narthex, the oh, antechamber. Never heard of any of this stuff. I, I'm new money, Pablo. I'm just figuring this stuff out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm new money. I'm Gucci bags, G's all over it, baby. That's that's me showing off that's my right. new money. I don't know that's right. what a Carfax is. What are you talking about? It's, it, yeah, you're paying taxes, we've established, on all of the things, like a chump. You're not getting all of this in Delaware. That's, what, <laughs> that's your trade-off. That's for sure. Where are you at right so, now, Pablo? I'm in my house in New York City exactly. where, um, yeah, yeah exactly. I live, I live, I live, I live in a house that's the equivalent of uh, Dominique's like a laundry room, his washer dryer area. Um, but the question I, I have, because it, it's true, it's sad, <laughs> but true, Charles. But the question I have, because one here, Alabaster, is that the Niners, they had to invoke their insurance policy, right? Like all of the yeah. questions, like, should they really do this? Obviously now. Results have indicated that the process, however bizarre the logic here is, was obviously right. And the question I have is like, do you think this changes anything even beyond the Niners? Like, do teams actually change how they think about quarterbacks because something like this happened or no? Is everybody is everybody kind of just dug no, in on how they no. this was a fluke situation yeah. where jimmy was coming off an injury and nobody really wanted him no one's going to keep a guy on their roster that they do not intend on playing that they don't think is good enough to start if they can get some value for him yeah this was a weird year where like i, I feel like just about every team they felt settled at quarterback like coming out of the draft like they were like okay we're okay with this guy except for carolina because they went and traded for baker mayfield but then, like, once the Baker trade happened, there wasn't really anywhere left for Jimmy to go because they're not going to trade into divisional rival. So, you know, I think I, I agree with Dominique. I think it's just kind of a one-off situation where Jimmy had nowhere to go, so you might as well just come back and now he gets started again. 
I did appreciate how Kyle Shanahan was asked about how Jimmy looked after the game, and he basically just put up a giant eggplant emoji. I missed yeah. that one. Han- yeah, handsome I mean, as I, ever. I that, okay. ha- handsome as ever, I believe, Alabaster, was the quote from Kyle Shanahan. Delighted to have Jimmy G back in his life. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I'll, I'll effort that, but I have a question. Pablo for made this up. Why are you questioning my journalism? I'm not. I'm, I'm going to effort on the back end while I Thank you for efforting. Um, my question for you, Dominique, is something that I thought about after it was announced trade line stop for the season, and that is, do you have a level of concern about his development now? Not just for the 49ers, but for him? Because this is someone yeah. who's basically played one season of football in four years. Absolutely. I mean, I think that was the point I was trying to make off the top is he's not going to get a whole bunch more chances. He's not going to have the ability to like uh, to develop. It's just going to be all mental reps from here on out. And then by the time he gets back and gets healthy, it's going to be time to make a decision about the fifth yep. year option. Then it's going to be, uh, I mean, I guess he'll get more chances at other places if they don't end up keeping him there. But it really sucks for him because this was the best. When he got drafted, we all were like, man, a perfect situation any quarterback with this athleticism or skill set would love to be on this team with this offensive line this receiving core this defense this head coach everything was perfect yeah the run game everything was perfect for him and last they kind of blew off the year last year and stuck with jimmy g and then this year it ends after a slop fest and then a half ish of football and that's it it's really terrible and disappointing you kind of feel sorry for him more than anything how many games has he played in since that 2019 season? Because he played one 2020, then, what, two last year he started when Jimmy was hurt? So he started, like, four football games since 2019? I don't know. I don't even know what to expect the next time he gets out there. Yeah. No. I have no – I mean, and yes, and the mystery, right? It continues. The last time we saw him, yeah, Mudfest, then running, design run into the end of his season. And so that that um design run injury is really gone. I mean, obviously, my thoughts are with him and hope he gets well, first and foremost. But that design run injury really going to take a dent to some of my takes, my general takes on athletic <laughs> quarterbacks. It's gonna, I mean, they tend not to get hurt running the ball. Lots of quarterbacks get hurt in the pocket. This is going to make it hard for me to argue yeah, that point going forward. Yeah. Alabaster, we're I think we're about to run into some more takes that have been teetering from Dominique. So what's oh. next? That's right. Let's move on. Don't teeter. How about them Cowboys, guys? Cowboys got a victory today over the Bengals. The question <laughs> I have for you. Is it possible that the Bengals just aren't good? So, Charles, I'm going to blow off this question to point something out about Dominique. Dominique went on his podcast um, with Alabaster and was like, I am so glad, actually, that Dak Prescott got injured. Because now, at the very least, we can mm. stop arguing about Dak Prescott. And guess what the hell just happened? Cooper we're Rush. Get, we're going to get boy. these Cooper Rush takes. Who's the first? Is somebody, has anybody done it already? I'm not saying that I'm Somebody going to make this it. argument. I am saying that the idea that Dominique has gotten a reprieve from Dak Prescott takes now looks absolutely farcical after today. For no, it doesn't. Reasons. It's Cooper Rush. It's Cooper Rush. He had that's, one decent that's, game. That's what I'm saying, but I guarantee you that somebody is going to go out here and pretend like Cooper Rush is the answer and they overpay for Dak. Let him win one more game. The fans <laughs> going to be talking about trade Dak. Let's get something for him. I guarantee it. I mean, the history of black quarterbacks in this league has told you nothing. Don't let a white man come in for you and throw a touchdown or two. Yeah, I mean, you don't even, no got, him, you don't even got him to come in for you. Just, just <laughs> let him be back there and they're going to call for him. 
Um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to these takes. And to your original question, yeah, I kind of like felt like the Bengals were overachieved. Like they got hot. They had a March Madness run last year. They got hot. And when you break down all of those games, there were like games that they maybe should not have won. And now it's catching up to them. I think they are going to be a kind of a volatile team. And after two weeks, maybe I'm jumping to conclusions, but it sure don't seem like they got that protection thing fixed. No. Yeah. I think with the Bengals, an interesting, like, bad trend is – so you remember that game, like, late last season where they played basically against the Ravens practice squad, lit them yeah. up, like, 500 yards, all those touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's basically been downhill since that game because I think what, what people kind of forget about that Super Bowl run, the Bengals' offense never really, like, caught fire. Like, the defense did well for the most part. It's the defense that got them past Tennessee – Three interceptions against Ryan Tannehill, the defense that shut down Patrick Mahomes in the second half, the defense that slowed down the Rams offense in that game too in the Super Bowl. And really since then, the Bengals offense has kind of been on a decline. But I do think it's just one of these things where it's volatile. You got a young quarterback, young receiving crew, and the offensive line isn't good. You know, I think if you just want to be blunt, like there's a reason why the Cowboys were fine with Lyle Collins not being on the team this year. He's not the exact same player that he was a couple of years ago. Those injuries have kind of caught up with him, and he's not moving as well as he was uh, before. So I think when you look at the offensive line, they spent a lot of resources on it, and it's still a problem, which is unfortunate. I think to a degree, Joe Burrow is just going to be a guy that takes a lot of sacks, but they have to figure out a way to play cleaner football than they are right now. It's just it's so- a mess. Joe Burrow, to that point, gets sacked seven times by the Steelers. We're all like, wow, the Steelers have the best defense in the league. Now he gets sacked six times by the Cowboys. And I understand that Micah Parsons, and I think you have the card about Micah Parsons, um, ready to go, Alabaster. But the point is that this offensive line, which they retooled, overhauled, is now obviously like not fixed. And the legend of Joe Burrow as it stands now is as the guy who is barely hanging on and almost winning games. And that is a real rough kind of a legend. I don't think anybody who is like a committed listener or viewer of Debatable is uh, surprised because we've gone through the Joe Burrow playoff run last year a number of times on here and how like it was not uh, all that impressive for him necessarily, which doesn't matter. He still did it and he still came through in some big moments because you could also go through some other quarterbacks and talk about how uh, Matt Stafford tried to throw the game away to everyone's favorite, Jaquaski Tart. Mm. But he didn't, and now we think he's good. So I, I think if you watch closely, you understand that this team was not as good as they were, or as, as good as kind of their final standing suggests. So I picked the Ravens to win this division, took a hit to that today by them losing a the game. They're definitely going to be really pissed about that game at the end of the season. But I still don't really believe in – the Bengals any more than I did last year before the playoffs started. Yeah, I guess I'm the only positive thing you can say about the Bengals so far is it's kind of unlikely that they played this badly the whole the whole season just because yeah. we've seen them. But we know Jamar Chase is good. I think we know Joe Burrows is pretty good. They're they're going to mm-hmm. figure it out at some point. But the the protection is is a huge mess right now. And I, I, I think the the one thing that was kind of worrying for me, like if I was a Bengals fan today, is like usually Joe. He's been Joe Cool in the face of pressure. You know, he, he's just kind of going to run around back there and bounce off. But today, it seemed like he saw the hit side start to take a toll on him because as the game progressed, he's trying to get rid of the ball a little bit faster than he usually does, a little bit jumpy in the pocket. But, hey, if Micah Parsons sacked me two times and hit me five more times outside of that, I probably would be trying to get rid of that he ball. He is 
terrifying. Terrifying. Just in case for the you guys podcast didn't. audience, I'm gonna lie and just say that yes, in fact, the bit where we put out the worst tweet of all time on a card. The worst show tweet of all time. That tweet is still holding true. That man is <laughs> terrifying. You see what he was doing to Lyle Collins? Even when he had him blocked, it wasn't enough. And that's Joe Burrow's fault on a couple of those where if I'm the line, I'm like, look, man, we got this guy across from us. That's terrifying. Throw the bleeping football. I can't stay in front of him forever. Like Lyle Collins beat him on his first move. I think one of his sacks. He had him on the first move, and then he, like, got to him on the second move. He blitzed from the left side. He ends up coming from the right side like it was a clean run blitz. It just gets a sack. Like, that ain't on the offensive line. As hard as we're going to be on the offensive line, a number of those sacks, and maybe all of the sacks, I feel like, generally, quarterbacks are wow. playing for those sacks. Wow. So is, this, is this just a thing where all the quarterbacks say that it's the O-line and all the – linemen and other people non-quarterbacks say i don't even know quarterbacks say that really yeah i think that most people know that the i mean pressure is one thing losing your your block that's a problem but actually physically getting sacked it's so rare that a quarterback doesn't see it coming like throw it away do something about it like the i'm not absolving the offensive line of their ability to protect but i feel like most sacks on a quarterback yeah, Michael Parsons. I I remember when he his pro day when he ran like a four three. I was like, oh whatever, that's just some pro day nonsense. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> he he runs a real deal four three out there. A, two, a real five. one. <laughs> a real one. <laughs> that start is explosive. <laughs> and he, he can turn the corner without falling over at that speed. Crazy, crazy. It it feels like having him rush the end on the end like that is like with receiver cornerback speed. It's like Mm -hmm. if you imagine if you had to do a jump ball against like Christian Wilkins and he also could jump like a receiver, it's like it's on these body types aren't supposed to do that. It just feels it's it's very Zion Williamson on the way down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a a great split. Lucky he's a good football player. That you can't live that split down if you're not a monster. He's good. Right, right. Can't live that split down. <laughs> You're not a monster. Yeah. yeah. No, you got to give people other highlights. You know, to you know that saying. You know that old saying, Charles. Yeah. If you're not yeah. a monster, you'll never live that split down. Yeah. I mean, you got to be a first round pick to do a split. My grandpappy <laughs> said that. Yeah. That was his highlight. That's what everyone was going to remember him for. But now yeah, I got. Clearly. You can point to the tape and be like, you see, he ran down Lamar Jackson. That was impressive. That dude's pretty impressive there. What you got? So, Jeptino. Dominique, oh, yeah. uh, you gave us the two a take, Super Bowl level quarterback in the right situation. Have you seen enough to give us the hot take on the Bengals? Are they a playoff team? <sighs> the problem is we got the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens giving away giving games away. So um Your beloved Ravens. Yeah. Um they are giving games away. So no, I'm not ready to go that high. They could still what, win a, the division. what a compliment to the Bengals. Can I just say, I'm old enough to remember where this question, even being a thing you had to hem and haw about, like it would have been absurd. Like, be happy. Be right. glad it happened, as yeah. they say, when you get dumped by someone. Be glad it happened. No one's ever said that to me. That's a, Yeah, that's crazy. Like, yeah, that's not a... <laughs> I don't know. That's 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 something you... I, I don't know. I don't feel like I've ever actually heard anyone say that outside of, like, movies or something. No. Where, when my homeboys get broken up with, whenever that happens, I'm like, 
go live, brother. Do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's more. That's more it. And like, yeah. if a, a a friend of mine who's a woman gets broken up with, I'm like, man, he sucked anyway. Like, no one's ever like, be glad it happened. Yeah. I watch a lot of rom coms. Okay. <laughs> that's not surprising at all. Never would have guessed. <laughs> not at all. Alabaster. <laughs> Devil right, is No one. Okay. Anyway. The Rams and the Broncos won close games today. But not all of these wins are viewed the same. Do you believe in either of these teams more after their wins today? I don't believe in Nate Hacking at all. <laughs> You're not even going to beat around the bush. We're going no. straight in. On we're Nathaniel. going we're going Nathaniel. straight to calling him Nate. Can we establish yeah. where we are with like what he deserves to be called right now? Nate. Nate, or I call him Michael Scott, man, because it just seems like he's just happy to be here. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I can't imagine. Like, what were you doing with the Packers all those years? Because it's not like you were calling plays. You should at least have a, a hand on like game management situations. But two weeks in a row, you've shown that you don't really know what's going on. The offense really was not clicking today. Uh, Levy Smith had that thing locked down. Explain what you saw from the, from from Nat Hackett though, as we okay. Nat, okay. no off no <laughs> no no he Nat oh is that a little Nat, no. did I did I did I no because Nat is no, there a Nat, Turner aspect here yeah Am I yeah yeah yeah, upon yeah, another? yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, then he's you're lifting him back up he's, he, yeah. <laughs> okay hold he on hold on, hold on. Hey, here we go here we go here we go keep nah, that e not 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 Hackett I don't know I have to do some googling but we'll we'll stick with that for now but what what did what did you see from okay. From this dude whose last name is also a joke, incidentally. Yeah. Well, I mean, today the biggest, the big sequence was they they did end up winning the game because I, I think the Texans are they're probably pretty bad. And from what we saw from the Colts today, those were probably just two bad teams that tied last week. Uh, I, I the, the sequence today was it's fourth and one, and you like have a chance to go for it and really like at least put your foot on the on the Texas neck, and they get a delay a game, and they have to punt the ball. Like I, I don't understand like why. Why you why are you having these procedural errors week to week or last last week when you go and you have three timeouts you run a whole minute off the clock just to kick a sixty four yard field goal like this this is stuff like I, I the, the question that I asked my friends after the first Hackett blunder last week was how many games how many football games would you have to show someone before they knew not to do that in that situation five like three or five yeah, so football games. One maybe? He also he also called a timeout on a fourth down inside the five yes. when the announcers was like, "You just take that. Don't burn your timeout mm -hmm. because we're gonna go from a, a three yard field goal to a eight yard field goal. Okay, mm -hmm. we can handle that. Do not burn a timeout on that." And during the broadcast, I didn't watch every snap of this game, but I watched enough to hear them say that. That the, or the broadcasters say that the Broncos reassessed their clock management throughout the week. This was an improved upon plan. They went back to the drawing board and said, what we had last week didn't work. We're going to do better this week and then did worse. Not to mention that their damn fans gave them the Giannis treatment and started counting oh, down the play God. clock for them like they don't know what's so going on. And I guess some of it's on Russ too. He's always been a guy who holds like the play clock late until the end. But I, is he gonna make it to like what's the shortest tenure of a coach that has be died asked. on the sideline? Because I don't. This is 
Yeah, this yeah is... in the non non Urban Meyer division. Yeah, what's the shortest tenure a coach? Yeah, yeah. How black, long black guys, Steve Wilkes. <laughs> He David made Conley. it a full season. <laughs> they made it a full season at least. Yeah, but I'm, I'm oh. talking. I was like, the guys who get fired after a year. He, oh, Nate Hacks got to get you like a black guy. By the way, <laughs> that's, that's that is the lowest of the low. They got Nate Hackett is going to get treated like now, a black now, coach. Now he's, he's now upset. he's now he's Nat Hackett. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he will never, never, ever in my life. Nathan call that man, first. call that man Nathaniel like he want to be called. Since when is Nathaniel a badass name? Like you're, <laughs> you want to be Nathaniel? Keep blowing uh like clock management situations. Yes, you are behaving like a Nathaniel. It also like is he just doing this for the rest of the coaches? Because this is as bad a start for it's a one and really one team, or it's bad a start level. to a career that I've ever imagined. And I I assume. They brought him in because they thought that he was the sexy bit of bait that was going to draw Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. And then once Aaron Rodgers re-signed in Green Bay, they should have been like, sorry, Nate. <laughs> I, we ain't going to be able to do this. You did, it wasn't a package deal like we had assumed. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to let you go, brother. Need a clause in the contract. If Aaron Rodgers does not come with you, this is terminated. Yes. So and now, and now I'm wondering, here? like, when they consummated the hire anyway, do you think Aaron Rodgers was just, like, laughing to himself? Do you think he knows? <laughs> what did Nate <laughs> have to do like, in Green Bay? What did he do? He didn't call how could, Yeah, I was going to say, how could he know? Like, it's obvious that Matt LaFleur is the offensive like play caller and schemer. It's obvious that Nathaniel Hackett is not out there managing the game. I guess maybe during the week he cooks up some good something. I don't know. He was in Jacksonville before uh, Green Bay. By, by cooks up, I mean literally he must be a good cook because, <laughs> I mean, it does not appear that he is cooking up anything football-y because they don't even get, like, they have a great quarterback arguably one of the best receiving cores in football, and they are not scoring points against teams that we know are not going to the playoffs. Right. What's yeah. up, Alabaster? Well, obviously, we care a lot about Nathaniel Hackett, but we know Russell Wilson cares a lot about faith, family, football, and flying. And the football part of this is interesting to me because – do you not put any of this on Russ? Like, didn't you expect nope. that was my question, he, honestly? Like, he's the sister. That was my question. Like, how much of Nathaniel Hackett is distracting us from the fact that Russell Wilson for two years actually hasn't been as good as his reputation suggests? Well, a year and a half, maybe. Yeah, year, well, even last year before he got hurt, he was pretty good. I mean, not even a full year. Like, uh, it's. I mean, the second half of last year wasn't good. The first two games of this year is not good. Yeah. Um, I'm not ready to give up on Russ just just yet. Like he has glimpses of good Russell play. Like it doesn't feel like he's lost the things that he needs. He hasn't been like much of a runner uh, in the past several years, anyway. So like I'm not ready to blame Russell yet. Um, and I like I tend to in, in sports media in general and fans in general like don't understand or watch closely enough to know when it's the coach's fault. So I am not going to ruin this opportunity to, <laughs> to beat down a coach to turn on a player. I will not have that. Not here, not anywhere. Yeah. Russell's going to be fine. Nate's not ruining it for him. Yeah, I thought Russell was pretty good for the most part last week, for the most part. And then at the end, they just, I don't, I don't know. They just yeah. kind of lost their mind. And so today wasn't his cleanest day. I think he completely like under, under 50% of his passes. But uh, it, I, I've seen Russell Wilson play – enough good football for me to think, okay, 
that performance today was not usual for him, and he's probably going to end up playing much better throughout the season. But for Hackett, we're at 100% sample size of you doing absolutely crazy shit to make the game harder for your team every single week. I can't really put that on Russell Wilson when I know that he's like actively playing, or his head coach is actively playing defense against him every week. So speaking of uh, actively making things harder on yourself, do we want to address the fact that the Rams almost lost to the Falcons? Charles McDonald's team or no? We're just going to let that slide on by at this point. I, I, I think it was kind of fluky, like the way that the Falcons got back. So you need a block punt to get there. But I don't I don't think the Rams, they, they don't look as sharp as last year. Because I still don't think, the, maybe the Falcons are a little bit better than I thought they were. I still don't think they're a good team. But like to blow a lead that size against a team that's starting Marcus Mariota is kind of crazy. Like I, if I was a Rams fan, I'd be a little bit concerned about like, when we get to the playoffs, what does that look like? But that's the only really concern I have. Yeah, Dominique? Yeah, I wasn't high on the Rams before the season started, even though they brought back a lot of people. They did not bring back three very important people uh, in Vaughn Miller, Andrew Whitworth, and Odell Beckham Jr. Like three significant parts to that run. They still have a Hall of Famer and Ramsey and Donald on defense, but it doesn't feel like it's enough going forward. So this was embarrassing. It was upsetting, but I didn't think they were a Super Bowl team to start this year. And I don't think that they've done anything to to disabuse me of that notion. notion. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. I guess I'm a little surprised because the Falcons, I thought, were going to be much worse. But I, I don't Same. see the Rams as a – it feels like nobody is, like, just – awful in the NFL this year, at least up until this point. Everyone seems to be – all the teams that we thought were going to be garbage or at least competitive, which is mm-hmm. nice. Right. Yeah. Do you think Do you think we're getting – Dominique, I was going to ask you this. Do you think we're getting any of the thing we talked about uh, before this season, before game one, uh, Rams-Bills, where it was like some teams just aren't trying as hard at the beginning as they will at the end? Is there any of that here with the Rams or no? So I don't, uh, you're mischaracterizing what I was saying in general is like, I think that it's only 17 (laughs) football games. Everyone's trying very hard. I think that we were talking about uh, Josh Allen running the ball and how I wrongly predicted that they would not be running those type of plays because they're dangerous going forward to the season. So I don't think the Rams are holding anything back at this point. I think the Rams just aren't that good. And maybe they'll get better. Maybe they'll uh, solidify the protection. They'll find some pass rushers other than Aaron Donald. I guess Leonard Floyd uh, can rush the passer too. But they, and this is a weird. The Falcons are a weird ass team too. Like it's, it's like the you're playing against the Ravens with like a a budget 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 uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson. So like dollar store. It's a, yeah. You're playing against the, a, a Baltimore Ravens cover band. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, and that I Ravens think game was ugly. Yeah, I, I think nice. with the Rams, I, I think an important thing to remember is like as far as roster construction goes, they've kind of been like building to this point for like five years now. And at some point, the Bills, you trade away all those first round picks all the time. Obviously, you have some standout talent that the Bills going to come do at some point. So I think the Rams roster looks like like what what the you know the more cap savvy people will say it's a, it's real top heavy. You're, the top of your roster is really good. Odell, or not Odell, Donald, Ramsey, Stafford, and then, you know, it starts to fall off a cliff pretty quick, and I think maybe that's how the Falcons got back into it. But I thought last week versus the Bills, like, when you really saw the talent discrepancy between what a complete real title contender looks like and what a team that's held together by a few stars at the top looks like. And, you know, they have to figure out a way over the next couple of years to try to get some 
talented players on cheaper contracts. I think that that's where they're struggling right now. Talia Tagovailoa is the best Tagovailoa. Also, he led the the um, vaunted Maryland Terrapins on the fourth quarter. Okay, that's enough show. Game. That's, that's, that's enough. Uh, just show. so you know. Yeah, I agree. I was trying to end it. Pick them over All Michigan right. in the Big Ten. They are playing Michigan. What's the spread? I'll take the the points. Was it like forty five? Probably. No idea. <laughs> Guys, that's a good show. And I have to say, Dominique, thank you for uh, stop being stop right about down. everything. Hey, oh, did you did you misspell interjection on purpose? Yeah, it's a long, it's a long yeah. story. Okay. Uh, it's not. Yeah. I would explain it, but I'd be accused of mischaracterizing Dominique. <laughs> you no. did. You said that football teams aren't trying. <laughs> Check the tape. Check the tape. Check the Everybody's Thursday show trying. tape. Yeah. Another <laughs> successful episode of Debatable presented by Corona. A gift. <laughs>